Chelsea fans. Welcome back to another week of Chelsea Chat with me, Moose and JB. So we're going to review the Chelsea-Southampton game, um, getting our feedback off the back of that. Um, and then we're going to look forward to the Sevilla and the Man United game for next week. Um, as always, don't forget to like, subscribe and uh, hit the bell notification and comment below. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback and then obviously insight into how you felt the games went last week and, uh, and this week and then into next week what you think feeling around where you think we need to improve um, so let's kick off the Southampton game I'm not going to say a tale of two halves but um, it was a tale of two halves, tale of two halves yeah. <laughs> yeah it definitely was uh, awful defensively very good attacking exactly kind of how we felt we are at the moment but I think you've also got to remember that we had you know Mendy not playing and uh, Thiago Silva so kind of parts of it you think yeah that can be rectified but at the same time it's still there I think that defensive frailty even when we have those two in I think I, I still worry about us at the back it is very concerning um, I mean let's let's start off on a, on a positive um, Timo Werner Absolute class. Um, all three goals he was involved in. Um, first goal, sublime, working his way across the box, pops it into the sort of the, the corner. Second goal to tip it over the keeper and then head it in. Sort of different class. He is that. I see him a bit like an Aguero. He's that sort of that striker who's just sort of working his way round. Um, but he's he's found his scoring feet. Um, we've seen it over the last couple of weeks. He's done really well, but for me, sort of really sort of stepped up a gear to last week. Um, and then we're looking at sort of then setting up Havert. So he's on for his hat trick and very unselfishly made sure we got the third goal, um, which if we look back on it, was really crucial for our game because we were so leaky at the back. That could have been a loss without that goal. Um so I just wanted to sort of give credit to the attacking force. I mean, we're slowly starting to see them piece together um, where we weren't too sure how Havertz and Werner and Pulisic were all going to fit in. Um, that very much is looking as our positives. Now, the questions come at obviously the back line. Um, obviously, Kepa returned in between the sticks and did not disappoint. Um, I mean, I know... Not all of the goals were his fault, and there were mistakes elsewhere on the pitch. He just doesn't look confident whatsoever. I mean, the second goal oh. seems to sort of come bounding out and loses it, manages to try to save it, and then they still get the goal. That second goal was some of the worst defending I've ever seen in the Premier League. It was beyond comical. Um Zuma as well, which, you know, he's been our best defender for a number of months now. And that between the two of them was just an absolute joke. Um, There's no excusing any of that. It wasn't just mistake. It was just poor from both of them. It was just terrible. Um, It's just one of those where you just watch it and your head is in your hands from the first point when Zuma makes that pass, which wasn't great. Then Kepa runs out and then, you know, if you're going to run out, just grab the ball. He could have grabbed the ball and he just just froze and it all just fell apart from there. And yeah, that was horrible to watch. The other two, you know, 
the first one, uh, Kai Havertz's mistake, kind of, you know, he lost the ball, um, got played through straight away and, and Ings took it round. Fair enough, you know, not Kepa's fault. Defence kind of just got caught a little bit sleeping because, you know, we were in possession, so they weren't as, as alert. Those kind of things happen, but the, the second goal, horrible. And then the third goal, again, just set pieces, not being able to clear our lines and that's what happens. I mean, so I'm going to make a question here. So, I mean, Kepa in the, for the Spain games had decent, he seems to play completely fine in the Spanish national team. Um, Frank's repaid that by putting him in the goal in, whilst Mendy's out. My question is, Kepa's just not had a great time at Chelsea whatsoever. Should Lampard have protected him by not playing him? I mean, from my perspective, we can look with hindsight at so much of this, but he's had bad performance after bad performance, and we're just still not seeing any improvement. And I think sort of there comes a point where you have to question why Frank's still playing him. Um, and equally, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying he's at fault for all of the goals. He should have done better on all three of them. Um, don't get me wrong. Second one, he was a big component of that. And at the moment, we can't compete for the, the Premier League, if not t- top four, with a keeper like him in the sticks. Um, I just don't. I don't get why Frank's even made the point of putting him in the goal. Play Willie. I'd, ra- I'd rather play Willie. Yeah, I, I think the reason that he's he's having to stick with Kepper a bit more is because obviously we need to put him in that transfer window. We need to to show him off a little bit so that where teams can see that he's still got that ability, but at the moment it's just not coming through. So it's difficult for us to to carry on putting him in, even if it's just for the sake of trying to show off his abilities to sell him when he's just performing so badly. I mean, you know, the last time he played was uh, against Liverpool and the whole Mane incident. And then this week that, that, comical era with him and and Zuma it's just yeah I think you know if, if he plays against Sevilla I'd be I wouldn't be completely surprised but I'd be disappointed I think it it needs to be Caballero I, th- I think sort of if I look at it from perspective you've got if I'm your defenders I think sort of you've got someone like Zuma who's had such a great couple of games I think sort of you he hasn't got the confidence that someone behind him is going to save so I think it just affects the performance of the defence and I think it affects the performance of the midfield. And I think the, the the right thing to do is just take him out of the situation. I think it's what sort of Rio was calling for Maguire uh, before the weekend. is He's got a lot of heat on him. He just needs to be taken out for a couple of weeks. It needs to almost got to the point where people are forgetting how bad the performances have had to then start to reintegrate him because there's no way we're going to reclaim the, the transfer fee by a long shot um, by playing him. It, it, there's just no way. that You can't go and play a player that just is not performing and doing the one the, the one job he has well. He can't command the box. He can't actually save the ball. And people are taking shots like Walcott's and then they go in. Um, it's, it's fundamentally broken in the whole approach. I'd much rather start Willie and I'd much rather go and play next year 
looking for another second and third choice keeper because Willie won't stay another season. Mendy's going to work towards being our first choice keeper, and I just feel we need to almost do like Liverpool did with Carrius is send him out as much as we can. Just get rid. Recognize he's going to make mistakes. Seventy million. That's the that's the problem. Seventy million. It's it's hard as a business mind to just cut ties with that and just forget about it. They still want to try and get something for him, I'd imagine. I, um, I, I personally feel like we, we are the sort of club that 70 million is a lot of money to us, but the only way you're going to fix the problem is not trying to keep playing him or put him on the bench is going and literally sending him out on loan. And I don't really care where it is. Um, it's getting him game time that builds his confidence because it's a, it's a toxic sort of relationship of where he sits on the bench where people just know he's an expensive asset that is just sitting there that can't be played and won't be played. And when he does, it's almost laughable. Lampard for his own sort of, his own sort of thought, how people perceive him at the moment is that he is great with attacking minded players, but horrific with defensive minded players. And he is that sort of tarnished brush at the moment where it's not been his fault for bringing him in. It's not bringing his bulk for his downfall. And the only thing that Lampard is really at fault with Kepa is playing him. I think sort of as a manager, you, you can almost go and say, it's not my problem. I didn't create this whole mess with Kepa. Mm. And I just don't trust him as a player. I do think if we look at the defence as a whole, I do feel that maybe there's something missing in terms of tactical or coaching or, or something there at training maybe that, it's just not working because, you know, you look at our defenders and they're all good players, you know, they're in their own right. But they're obviously all of them have made big mistakes here or there, like in certain games. They they always seem to have, you know, a few good games and then make a huge error. Um, no one's kind of, even Thiago Silva, you know, his first Premier League game made a massive error, which cost us a goal. It just seems to almost, it's like breeding internally. And I don't know if we we have those coaches in place that are going to get us solid defensively. Our tactics, are they going to help us to have a solid defence? We went a whole season where we conceded, what, 15 goals for in a whole season uh, under Mourinho. Last year, we conceded 50. Like, yeah, it's we, we, not we even close. We conceded the amount that the bottom half of the league starts to... And, and I think sort of what I've seen at the moment is at the moment, everyone is letting in loads of goals. People are scoring for fun in the Premier League, and I'm not sure what that is. I think defensively, the whole league is struggling with the concept of defending, and that seems to have got worse since the lockdown. People have come out of lockdown. People have just forgotten how to defend. Um, it's why you're seeing sort of 7-2 Liverpool. United losing, is it 6-1? Yeah. you then seeing... Tottenham having a similar sort of reaction that we did today. Um, but... I think I really think it's got to be um, to do with the lack of pre-seasons because, you know, you go on a pre-season camp, your teammates are kind of together, you have your training, you have your games, but you're also having that kind of bonding time. Whereas, like, what's happened recently? I mean, we had one pre-season game, one. And, you know, half of what we would say now, half of our defence wasn't there. You know, Mendy wasn't there. Thiago Silva wasn't there. Chilwell wasn't playing. So you had those three kind of who are three main parts of our defence now. None of them were there. So we're kind of just chucking everything together. 
Um, I mean, yesterday you can't really excuse it because the only one was Chilwell, who is is new in that defence. Yeah, um, and they are just players who have seen have been there whilst we've been poor. Um, but I, I think it it could be as a Premier League um, whole kind of situation is the fact that no one's really had that time to embed their defence and make them um, tactically solid like they would in a pre-season and get them ready for that kind of start of the Premier League. I mean, if you look at it, the, the big thing for me is the, the issue that we have and why the sort of the microscope is on the Chelsea team is simply because we were having these issues before everyone else was. We were having yeah. them into last season. Everyone knew that we were poor defensively and we've continued that run of record into this season. But if I was to look at the Premier League, the, the number of goals that have gone in, absolutely ridiculous. Sort of like you've got Liverpool who are on sort of neutral, even though they had the 7-2. Um, so it means they've scored a lot more. But everyone is still letting in a number of goals. I mean, even Man City losing to sort of Leicester the other week. No one's safe defensively at the moment. No one's got that solid defence. And I think it's only going to get worse because Liverpool look like they have Van Dijk out for a number of weeks now. If and not the whole got season. Alisson out as well. They've got Alisson out. I think sort of defensively, I think you're just going to see people from the top half and the bottom half just leaking goals. Um, and I don't think anyone's got it right. I think sort of you might actually see a few teams like a Burnley or a a Leicester or those sorts of clubs that have always just sort of been really good defensively, like just got those solid centre-backs doing better or keeping out less goals um, than you would expect like a Chelsea or a Liverpool or an Everton or whatever, whoever the, the top half of the league are. I think mm. you might see that this season because I think it's going to be a problem everywhere, which is I think takes the pressure off us a little bit because today I sort of the first thing you would have got into work on a Monday been Chelsea giving away a sort of well, two goal lead into sort of a three all draw and then you go well Tottenham had a three three nil um, sort of lead and they've gone back to three all yeah the only difference I I... is that Tottenham had an absolute worldie to actually for, for West Ham to draw the game yeah. we, we let in poor goals yeah. we let in mistakes that could have just been avoided yeah and we were we were just poor second half and this is why this is the reason that we won't win the league. And I think the team, whichever one of the, the big teams kind of nails their defence first is going to be probably the team that goes on to win the league. Um, at the moment, you know, City have conceded goals. Liverpool have conceded goals. Chelsea have conceded goals. Uh, Arsenal, Man United, Tottenham, everyone's conceding goals. But whoever's that first team that can actually get their defence into a good position they're going to be the ones that will start to run away with it. And it's just going to be the first one to get there is going to be, you know, going to be able to do it. And I can tell you now it's not going to be us because our, our defence is just an abomination. Um, as, as I said at the beginning, you know, you've still got Mindy and Silva to come back in. And um, last time they played, we got a clean sheet, which, you know, for us is like winning the lottery in incredible scenes. But um, you know, maybe they can improve it for us and, and push us in that direction. But I really think that the defence is what's going to cost us winning the league. You look at how we played in that first half. We were incredible. Like after that first 30 minutes, I was drooling. It was just the football was beautiful. The we should have killed interplay the game by that and, point. Yeah. Yeah. The interplay between, you know, Havertz and Werner and Pulisic. And it was just like, yes, this is what we've been waiting for, you know. 
And that's not even with Ziyech in the picture yet. So going forward, I have absolutely no worries whatsoever. Midfield, mm, you know, it's it's a little bit... We, you look at the players, you look at the midfield we've got, and it's a good midfield. But with they other teams just seem to be able to get through it very quickly and very easily. We don't have someone to stop them. No. It's, it's one of those ones where we've got a number of great players. And I think the, the key problem is... Lampard hasn't worked out his best eleven yet, and it goes back to that point of pre-season. Or his best system, either. He doesn't know which formation to play. We're going to have the problem ongoing because he can't pick a back four and stick with it. You Mm -hmm. look at sort of that that Chelsea team that sort of went with fifteen goals um, in in a whole season. The reason is you had a solid back four. You you could pick that. It was Ashley Cole, John Terry, Ricardo Carvalho, Ivanovic. And those people would be in that starting lineup, guaranteed pretty much every week. Mm. Whereas now I've got a mixture of Chilwell, who probably could write himself into that back four or five. But then you've got Zuma, Thiago Silva, Christiansen, Rudiger, Timori, all of those players that are sort of days. Reese James and I couldn't tell you out of those which ones is our best 11 to start with no. and Lampard should know that by now um, we've had enough games that should write who sits who starts um, none of them are leaders none of them are guaranteed a start and it worries me if I'm going to be honest so one of the points I wanted to talk around today JB is um, the frustration as a fan um, so as a Chelsea fan's all around the country and globally, as we're a podcast on the web, um, is difficult in actually watching the game. Um, I don't know about you guys, but sort of, I've got Sky, I've got BT, I've got Amazon. But what I don't have is £14.95 for every other game that doesn't exist in one of those three. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, I mean, I found it very difficult to well, to think about forking out that for a game. I mean, as fans who sit at home now, can't attend a game, it's a big, big amount of money to sort of go and fork out on top of however much you pay a month for Sky. Yeah, what? they. I think they're just taking the mick now. Um, it's bad enough you have to pay, you know, not only for a Sky subscription, but also Sky Sports on top of that. Then you have to pay for BT Sport if you want to watch more. You have to pay for Amazon. Add it all together. You're probably coming up to £80, £90 already. Plus now, you know, if you want to watch the other games, you're having to pay £15. And Yeah, I understand that for the majority of people, you wouldn't see those games anyway because they would have been at three o'clock and it would only have been the 42,000 at Stamford Bridge that would have gone to see the game. Fine. But these the circumstances we're in and you know they they gave us the games for free before um and you surely they want to keep us connected with the game they want to keep us there and involved um but they just they've just spent a billion over a billion in the transfer market so then you come and tell us you need the money no no it's not acceptable I, do you know what I think I, I find is the Premier League looking at this as a way to make more money out of the fans. The yeah. fans are the ones who are the people who are literally on the street potentially struggling to go and pay 
like they might have been made redundant, all this sort of stuff. And those are the fans who potentially aren't going to be able to come back after lockdown. And then to sort of turn around after that, they spent out hundreds of pounds on Sky, BT, and, and, and sort of go, yeah, yeah, that's only for this amount of games. If you want to do that, it's another 15 quid on top Fair of that. Much. And, and I thought you made a great point. Obviously, as Chelsea fans, we're on TV probably more often than not. So we're probably not in the space of not being able to go and watch as all of the other games. But if you're a fan of Burnley, if you're a fan of... And equally, if we're watching games that include those teams, no, they're never televised. And 15 quid, invariably, to go and watch a game that's not necessarily the best game in the world. Yeah. Still a game I want to watch, though. Um, I mean, tomorrow night you've got Burnley against West Brom for £15. Even if I was a Burnley or a West Brom fan, I don't think I'd want to pay £15 to watch that game, to be honest with you. Like, come on, that's barely even Premier League football. And that's... It'd be different if you're turning up. If you're turning up and it's an away game or a home game and you get the atmosphere, you get the, the thrill of watching yeah. them live, completely understand that. But if you're watching at home, 15 quid is what you pay for sort of the top fights um, yeah. in boxing. It's not the same for just an average game week. I, they would have been better off than sort of saying, completely understand sort of this. If we're going to make you charge it, we'll, we'll, you have to go and pay X amount more on your BT bill or X amount more on your Sky. And you yeah. bundle it up as one and you get all of the games. But, I mean, I'm not clever enough to go and do the maths, but I'd love to know how much it would cost you this season to go and watch all the games that you want to watch. And, and, and it comes back down to the common denominator. I only care around watching the Chelsea games, to be honest. I don't mind watching the odd sort of other big game, but I'm, I'm predominantly there to watch the game. And at the moment, the only way I can do that is by spending money on Sky, BT and Amazon and hoping they sit in one of those buckets. And yeah. if not, I've then got to go and fork out more cash. I mean, US sport has got it right. They've got yeah, the game pass. You go and buy for a fixed rate the amount of games your team plays and you can watch that on whatever medium you want. I mean, if, if, if there's one thing that the fans are crying out for, it's that. Absolutely. Uh, that would be the best way to do it because, you know, every as, as we said, everyone's paying out for all of these different platforms to watch it on. And it's just so much money. And, you know, some months I'm paying for, you know, I could be paying for BT Sport and £20 a month, whatever it is. And your team could be might not be playing on BT Sport that month, but you still have to pay it out anyway. Um, and you're not going to watch anything on there at all. And it's kind of like, yeah, obviously they need to keep their money coming in, but we're just throwing cash at it nowadays. And that's why, you know, money in football has got so crazy is because the TV money they're getting is so crazy and the TV money's getting so crazy because we're willing to pay for it. Everyone's just, yeah, go on, take more of my money and everyone's paying for it. And I'd love to see, actually see the figures uh, for how much people have, how many people have actually paid the money to watch these games. I'd be surprised if there's that many. And if there is, it'd only be the ones that don't fully understand that you can illegally stream games because I can guarantee the, the streams for, for those games are going to be very high. For the, you know for the illegal streams. Do you know what the thing that winds me up the most is that I could go to Spain, I could go to any other sort of country, and I could be paying 70 quid for the year for, to go and watch all the Premier League games. 
And that for me just shows that they're literally milking the fans who are willing to turn up, willing to pay and seeing how much they can rinse from them. And the actual fans in this country, you know, like the, you know, I could, I could maybe have a, a team that I support in another country, but the team I support in this country is my team. You know, that's the, and I just feel like if I moved abroad, as you said, you know, I could pay a certain amount in some countries you'll have to pay a subscription, but you get every Premier League game for that. Like even the three o'clock kickoffs, every single game you can get when you're abroad. But here it's always been the case, you know, the three o'clock kickoffs, you can't watch them, um, but you can abroad. And to me, yeah, I know, I understand they're trying to protect the, you know, the lower leagues that they think people might not go to the, the League One, League Two championship games, whatever, because they want to stay at home and watch games on TV. No, they won't because they're fans of those teams and they're still going to go. They will still go. I would still rather go to watch a game live than sit at home and watch it on TV. I know some people are different, but I think the majority of football fans would much rather be at a stadium and watch a game than watch it on TV because yeah. it's so much more enjoyable. And I think sort of the only frustration most fans have is not that they wouldn't want to be there. It's that how difficult it is made to go and get to those games. The whole yeah. membership and the whole sort of thing becomes so expensive and actually you just get locked out of not seeing games rather than being able to do it. I think sort of being a fan has got a lot harder. I think the three o'clock click kickoff will potentially change after COVID. I don't think people will start getting used to watching stuff at home. I don't think you'll ever see fans move away from, from being in the stadium. You've watched the desperation people have had not being in the stadium. There'll be a rush for people to get back as soon as you're oh, allowed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just that at the moment, football just seems a lot... It, it seems very difficult to be a fan these days without a big checkbook. Um, which is the sad state of affairs. Anyway, we've had our little uh, soapbox moment. Let's move on to to next week's game. Um, So Sevilla on Tuesday. Um, It's going to be interesting. I think sort of if you think around our performance over the last couple of weeks, it's been sort of a bit of a yo-yo. The West Brom game, um, the Liverpool game, the... We've, we've had sort Palace. of ups and Crystal Palace sort of was a, a nice sort of backup, but yeah, last week's game still sort of leaves a sour taste in your mouth. Um, Sevilla, obviously Europa League champions, um, they're not going to fold over and equally they're quite good attackingly. Um, so it's going to be an interesting test for us. Um, obviously we're at home, which means nothing these days because no. there is no home fan advantage. Um, it's going to be interesting um, once again for all the Chelsea fans who do care it's on BT Sports 3 uh, live <laughs> in the UK um, what are your thoughts to the uh, um, who do you reckon is going to start what sort of formation do you reckon we're going to play um, any notable sort of changes or challenges to that and then uh, how do you reckon we're left there um, it's difficult because I think you might see some changes uh, considering we played Saturday, we played Tuesday and then we have United uh, at the weekend. So you might see some changes, but at the same time, Sevilla are a very, very tough opposition. And I think Lampard's going to know not to underestimate them. Um, it'll be very interesting to see how he does line up. Um, will Ziyech make his first start potentially? Um, 
you know, maybe Hudson Odoi is going to come back in. Kovacic, potentially he was saving Kovacic for, for this game. Um, I really can't call it. I'll be honest, I really can't see how he's going he's gonna to wiggle it. Will he bring in Thiago Silva back for this one or will he save him for the weekend or will he play both? Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to, to call. And obviously, we, we, you need to start this uh, Champions League campaign off with a, with a win. Uh, you know, the number one seeds in our group being Sevilla. Um, so that's the game that we really need to win the home game. That's that's a vital um, one to, to win if we want to, to win the group. So it's a massive, massive game. And I think it's kind of snuck up on us a little bit. You know, internationals have just happened. So we've been concentrating on finally, you know, Premier League's back. And before we know it, oh, hang on, we've got a Champions League game on uh, on Tuesday. Oh, yeah, and it's against the Euro- Europa League champions. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I really think we, we're going to have a, a very, very tough game waiting for us. Um, they're going to be well up for it. Um, you know, they're, they're known as Europa League specialists um, and they probably want to write that, you know. They want to, I reckon they would love to have a, a good run in the Champions League and prove to people they can do it in, in um, another you know what I'm hoping? I'm hoping the mentality is, we're going to go out. Um, we're going to try and get sort of <coughs> Europa Third. League again and then uh, go on our Europa League run just to win it again. That's my hope. Yeah. They just fold over for this game and then um, sort of head up for that. But I think for me, um, it's going to be interesting because I think the United game is going to be really interesting because United are on that back foot at the moment. Um, they had the win yesterday. Didn't look convincing, even though it was a full one. Um, they waited until the 90th minute and obviously getting typical United uh, sort of run on the clock to sort of go and get those four goals. Um, they didn't look convincing there. That they, They've still got similar challenges to us. I think there's a real opportunity for us to go and dominate that game. And equally, we need it as much as they do. Um, so I think people are going to throw as much as they can at this. Um I don't know. I think sort of you'll probably rest a few players for the Sevilla game with the plan of trying to sort of get the proper win in the weekend. Um, but then equally, I don't even know who he, what, what he considers resting players. Um, um, I think you'll see players like Chilwell probably get rested and we'll see how so probably come into the back four, which is not great. I think you'll probably have Willie in there. Mix. I don't know if he'll he'll risk having Thiago Silva, so I think it will probably be a Azuma, Christiansen back four with maybe a Dave on the right. Um, I think we're going to struggle to be honest, and I think to be fair, if I'm going, if it's the sort of the lineup that I think it's going to be, I think it'll be a draw. Um, I I just don't see us really sort of doing it. I think his best route is to probably put pace on the wings and see what we can do. I think, interestingly, I think it's either a Tammy or Giroud that starts up front rather than Werner. Um, as much as I think he deserves a start, I don't want him to sort of be too burnt out for the United game. Um, he's also had, him and Havertz have had quite a, an extensive um, playing time during the international break. Um, I wouldn't risk them. Um, so I, I I've got a feeling it'll be a draw, and I think it could potentially be one all, two all on that game. Three all. <laughs> oh yeah, because I mean, to be honest, 
uh, our sponsors have dictated we have to let three in if we score three. Just, yeah. just contractually, we're obliged this year. Um, so many threes in every game. Um, but for me, uh, it could be. It's going to be an interesting week. Um, I, I, I'm slightly worried for Lampard at the moment. I, I don't think he's got the right mix, and I don't think he's got the right playing. And and it's it's only going to add to the pressure if we don't really run into next week or the week after without getting a run of wins. He's, everyone knows that we're promising attackingly. Um, he needs to get it right defensively, and I don't know how he's going to do that at the moment. So uh, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks, um, and I don't think any Chelsea fan is anywhere near that. That Lampard is under pressure, but I think he needs to get some stuff right before external pressure starts to come on the club. Um, maybe he needs to bring JT back into the defensive training because Aston Villa seems to be doing quite well at the moment. Yeah, that would be ideal, wouldn't it? That would be uh, the perfect defensive coach to, to come in and do a job for us. Even just come out of retirement and stick him back there, I'd take that any day. Chelsea fans, thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe and hit the bell notification. Um, and comment below if you have any questions, queries or thoughts on what has gone on on the Chelsea Chat podcast. Love to hear your feedback. You stay classy, Chelsea fans. Bye.